pinball wizardry lands on the Atari with obsession, and it's flippin' fantastic. We take a deep dive into its development, gameplay, and impact on this ST-enhanced episode of the Atari ST Show. Hi everybody, welcome to the Atari ST Show. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're talking about obsession. Oh man. Aaron, have you ever been obsessed with a particular pinball machine? Yes. I mean, several, actually. I mean, to own or to play? To play. One that you just couldn't, you couldn't stop putting quarters in. I love Taxi. Mm. You know, I love that game. I know you like it, too. I love it. Uh, I, I, I just love playing it. It's got a flow to it mm. that I enjoy. Um, I would always want to own a Twilight Zone pinball mm. machine because I love the Twilight Zone. It's a beautiful machine, but I don't necessarily think it's the best pinball machine. But it's, it's certainly the one that had the most cool toys in it. You know, uh, but when it comes to the ultimate pinball machine, if I could pick anyone to own, uh, I would say Taxi would be up there. The new Tron is quite nice, too. I kind of like that one. But the, all the new Stern machines are cheap. Yeah. That's the problem. They feel cheap. They're not cheap to buy. No, but they don't feel as uh, quality yeah. as what as what I've got. I mean, I like the ones I've got. I'm happy with them when I get to play them. What about you? You know, we're cut from the same cloth yeah. when it comes to pinball machines. Taxi... Yeah. is the machine that I've played the most. Not in person, but on uh, iPad form, actually. I got the uh, Pinball Arcade. Remember when that was a thing? Give me five machines you love. Okay. Any type. Taxi. Yeah. Triple Action. The yeah, machine that you I own. own it, yeah. But also because it's great. Yeah. Theater of Magic. Yep, great one. Uh, I like... The, this is weird. It's not a real table, but Blade on Pinball FX. The, if you've the ever, Marvel character yeah, Blade? The, that, yeah. Like, I know that you're not wild, and I don't know anything about Blade, but I think that machine's good. Uh, number five, uh, I... Boy, it's tough, because then there's, like, a million other machines that are good. Um, I think probably maybe Teed Off. That's a good one. I like Teed Off. I'm going to go with um, uh, Star Trek Next Generation. Oh, yeah. Taxi. Gorgar, the uh, that one that can do digital or uh, with the bells and whistles right. that came out right in the middle. The, that I love that game. Uh, I'm going to go, uh, but I love Theater of Magic. It's another one I played a lot, and Twister. I really like a lot. Those are so I'm not saying it's about five you know favorites. What? I, They're up there. I, it's funny because that machine's right there. I'm going to switch out teed off with Who Done It. Who Done It? I love Who Done It. better. Yeah, yeah, I love Who Done It. Who Done It? When Brent was like, "Listen, what do you think about this Who Done?" Like, bam, mm-hmm. I'm in. Yeah, I like the missions and stuff. Yeah. Same reason I like Nick. I think Next Gen's a better pin. Mm-hmm. But Who Done I like the I like the plot a lot. I just haven't played a lot of Next Gen. It's awful least. good. Yeah. It's awful good. And it really, the all the the real big '90s pinball machines, your Adams Families and and your uh, uh, Mar- Attack from Mars. Mm-hmm. They're all quite good. Yeah, I really like Adam's Family. Is another one that like I love Adam's Family, as you know, but I've just never played it. I've never played it. I've never been, like. I guess you can get it on something. Is it available oh, yeah. digitally? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, Medieval Madness is another great mm-hmm. one. A uh, Black Knight, the original. I heard the guys were at Pixel Gaten talking oh, about Black Knight two thousand. It's I pretty forgot, good, but I, I like the original better. I forgot about Black Hole. I love Black Hole. Black Hole is good. Great. Yeah, and Haunted House is also great. Yeah, I, I don't like the art in Haunted House. I like the back glass, okay, mm-hmm. but the actual one. Field art. I'm not, yeah. too, I'm not too keen. Black on. Hole is one I would love to own. I we both are pinball fans. Yeah. When we go back to Chicago, if we ever get back up there together, we should go to the pinball version of the uh, Galloping arcade because yeah. that's one thing we didn't get to see, and we both love pinball. Right. Right. All right, Aaron. Let's talk about obsession. So, 
This week's Atari ST show is brought to you by our patrons, and in particular, Game Selection Committee members Salem OK, Richard Davey, and Dave Velociraptor. Yeah, well done, boys. Obsession, Aaron. This is, a, of course, this is a pinball game. Mm -hmm. uh, it is for the Atari STE only. Oh, I didn't even know that. This okay. is an ST enhanced title only. Uh, it was developed and published by the same outfit, Unique Development Sweden, UDS. In 1994, we know them because they did that crazy, wacky, undersea first-person shooter, uh, Substation. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, they did that. Those guys were way ahead of the curve there. That's right. To a, to a painful degree. This is one of the last commercial games to see release for the Atari ST. Think about 1994, pretty late in the game for yeah, the ST. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this was one of the first games... To be created by UDS. UDS did this, then Substation, then they were out. They went on to do other stuff under other platforms. They, they were late to the party, too late to the party, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, a little bit about UDS's background. Uh, they were established in 1992 by Peter Zetterberg and Michael Brunstrom. And uh, they began writing games for the STE as a hobby, and they just wanted to earn some dough for it. So, mm. hey, why not? Uh, the original idea was to create a shareware game inspired by Pinball Dreams. Yeah, uh, clearly. But uh, the project soon expanded into a full-fledged commercial game uh, with four different tables, each with its own theme, music, graphics, you know, sound effects. Yeah. Uh, so the development team, like I said, included Peter Zetterberg. Uh, he was the co-founder of UDS. He worked on several games. Uh, for the Atari STE uh, and other platforms such as Smash Hit. Uh, that was his first commercial release. Uh, then he did Absolute Pinball, which came out in 1996. This was a uh, sequel to Obsession and uh, has new tables. This was a PC-only release. And I, I have played that one. Okay. Back, I don't remember anything about it, but I have played it. Um, Michael Brunstrom was uh, one of the programmers, and he was uh, he worked on No Fear Downhill Mountain Biking, which is a, oh. ra a racing game for the PlayStation. Okay, uh, he and he worked on Ignition, which was a racing game for the PC that was also ported to the PlayStation. Uh, and Hans Herod, uh, he worked on The Core Gang, which was a platform game for the Wii, and uh, Callie Lundquist was one of the programmers. Uh, and he worked on Snowboard Racer 2 for the PS2. So basically all of these guys, they left the ST pretty soon, and they continued their development well into the PS2, 360, and Wii They had no choice, generation. though, did they? Yeah. They had to go. There was no more market for the ST. Yeah, yeah. So um, Obsession was development, developed with what they call the no-compromise approach. Ooh. Okay, so these guys, they were working on their own time scale. They were their own publishers, so they could put out the game whenever they wanted. Uh, and uh, they wanted to really push the limits of the STE's hardware. Okay, They wanted to create a pinball game. Of course, they were looking at Pinball Dreams, and they said, hey, we want to do that. And as you can see you know, on, the, on the Amiga version, this thing was actually, I believe, released under the banner of 21st Century Entertainment, the same developer or the same publisher that put out Pinball Dreams, Pinball Illusions, right. and all those. Um, so what they do, they used 42 colors on screen, which is a lot of colors for one time for the yeah. OST. Uh, resolution of 336 by 260. Uh, there are five audio channels, four for music and one for sound effects. 
And uh, of course, this was released in PAL. Uh, the game features a smooth scrolling uh, and a high score table. So what you get here is basically a uh, one development team's uh, attempt to recreate the uh, pinball dreams, pinball fantasies, pinball illusions style gameplay for the ST. Uh, Aaron, your thoughts when you fired up this game for the first time? Well, I uh, I was I was ultimately confused at, when I first fired it up because I knew from talking to you that this thing had a real bizarre menu system, and it does it take it takes the same menu system that Pinball Dreams has with the function keys. Except that uh, it that scrolls them through the screen. It's like a rotating cube. It's dumb. Rectangle Let's call thing. it what it yeah. is. It's no it's good. It's not great. It wasn't good on Pinball Dreams when I did it that mm -hmm. way. But again, this come this this is a very demo scene way to present. Well, it's things. it's uh, yeah, make it hard for the consumer. <laughs> yes. Well, that's right. Well, I mean, that's dumb. Is my point. So to get to the options on this thing, it's the old hut and pack to try to find the options. And then once I got to the options. The first thing I noticed when I was playing this game was every table has our five balls. Mm -hmm. I don't like five balls. I want three balls. Right. Well, you can change it in Pinball Dreams. In this, I could not find any way to change it. I don't think you can change so it. So that, that was that was strike one. Uh, this game, at least the version I played, defaulted to not having any music. You know, so I turned that on, mm -hmm. and because the music's pretty good. Yeah, you know, yeah. and playing these types of tables without music is no good. Right. There's, you know, there's something to be said for playing the old school games that have the chimes and everything. But in this game, what there are no chimes. You either get it's the sound of the flippers hitting or the ball hitting the flippers or the targets. You got to have that background. I'm mean, not playing. to mention you could have both. Mm -hmm. Why would you not want both? Right. Or why would you not set both as defaults? And on top of everything else, you could just turn the music up whenever you want with the M key. Right. So that's, you know, there you go. And you, just for the record, you, it's, is it page down for the... I, I believe it's I believe page it was. down. And you could also... So the other options, you might as well go over them, are there are various audio options, which are what they are. But there's an option at the bottom of the screens, and this is a uh, the old LCD display or whatever, LED... You can in, you can embiggen it or smallen it mm -hmm. uh, for whatever reason, and it, either way, you can do that on the fly as well. But anyway, getting to the the tables itself, uh, I was pleased that it's got four tables. You know, that's good. I never knew. I didn't know. I never heard of this, despite the fact that we I thought we covered almost every pinball machine on the uh, Amiga, mm -hmm. and this has an Amiga port, but I'd never heard it or played this. I was stunned. Did you ever played this before? Never. So I was I was real expired up. Well, uh, uh, I guess we can go with these one. You want to go yeah, one yeah, table yeah. at a time? So Aquatic Adventure is the the, the first table on offer. Right. Uh, this is an underwater theme, and uh, you control. Well, the, the story behind this game is I guess your ball represents Bobby Bubble. Yeah. On the. Uh, <laughs> You found the story for this too, eh? Yeah. On the uh, on the on the table, Bobby Bubble looks like a real geek. Yeah, uh, what a dork! He's a he's a, he's a, he's a skin diver Look wearing a, a skin tight uh, green bodysuit with his pudgy belly. In wrestling, sort of, they call a guy like this skinny fat. Yeah, that's what yeah. they call him. That's what they call me too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but with a ph. Don't worry about it. And so Bobby <laughs> Bubble uh, is searching for treasure using a map stolen by. Captain, get this, Aaron. Captain, not polite. Yeah, not polite. Very clever. So, um, and uh, and so what? In this game, it's you've got uh, you've got a couple ramps to hit. 
This is probably the most traditional of the tables, I would say. Would you say that? As I far would. as the way the ramps are set up? It's got an opening skill shot. It's mm -hmm. got a... Uh, uh, you you it's got a uh, uh, multi-lane switcher, so you can switch the as uh, to pick letters. It's got bumpers at the top. Uh, uh, it's got the, yeah. It's I would say it's the most traditional. It's got a kickback. You can light up. It's got a. It does have an odd loop in the center top that lets you uh, pick different letters. Mm -hmm. But it's I mean you don't pick them. They just come up. But it's odd. It's a real weird setup. That that part is odd. Yeah. The way they've got that in there. But otherwise, pretty traditional. Traditional callouts. Uh, to to launch the ball in these games, first you have to space bar to start. You could actually play one to eight players on every one of these tables using the function keys. So eight players. I mean, yeah, maybe. Uh, and then you hit the space bar to start the game, and you hit pull down on the arrow to power up your shot. I like mm -hmm. the fact there's a meter at the bottom, right. which is good. Uh, and then you're off the shift keys. Although you could, there's no mouse or joystick support for the buttons. I didn't like, mm -hmm. but uh, this board, that guy is so dumb looking that it took away for me. But this would be great for like a kid. This is like a kid's table. Yeah. I mean, I don't mean like it's a traditional table, but the theme is very kid friendly. Absolutely. There's like a dolphin and fish, and you know, and the dolphin kind of looks like it looks like Dumbo a little bit. Yeah, the callouts are cute. Uh, one thing they, did, they didn't ever do it mm -hmm. on the callouts in this, and the uh, and the and the and the little chimes. You could turn the chimes on and off, which I thought was interesting. I never did it, but you could. Uh, but, yeah, the, I thought this was uh, totally fine. Uh, I don't like the color scheme they use for the actual, um, for the bumpers. It's real pale looking to me. Mm -hmm. the, the whole upper part of the, of the play field is too pale. There's not enough color up there. And in the bottom, you get that dopey. So I like the table. I don't like the, the art. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. So the next one, Aaron, is called Exile Zone. Yeah. Exile spelled cool guy style. Oh, yeah, I got to. Okay. I thought this was going to be like the X-Files. It is not. It is not. It's dumb. Uh, this is... <laughs> wow, pre-burial. This is a, a table, I guess, according to the, the docs here. It's set in 2058 after a nuclear attack, and you're, you're, you're trying to track down and kill an enemy leader. Yeah. This is a game... I'm not exactly sure where the theme fits in with this, what you see on this table is, uh, you see, uh, I think, is that a girl with a gun, or is it just a guy that's got, like, kind of feminine eyes? I think that's a lady. Yeah. Uh, but I don't hold me to that. There's a skull. This is your cool guy table mm -hmm. right here. Uh, and unlike, there's no satanic stuff on it, which right. is, so, but this is, the, this is the sci-fi table. It's okay. It's a little less traditional than the first one, but it's still fairly traditional. It's got, you've got your... Bumpers at the top. You've got your lanes, you know, lane changing ability uh, at the ball at the top. You've got um, kickbacks on both sides. Uh, I this was the table I played the least. I will I will say that the art package is it's okay. This one's like mission based more, you know, mm. but it's okay. Yeah, you're you're essentially trying to knock down drop targets to uh, to activate various missions. But there's just there's not very much to do when you hit the ramp up to the top of the playfield. It just looks like you've got a couple ramps and you've got a set of five drop targets. This one I think is one of the weaker tables for you know, sure. One thing about this the, uh, this package that um, I found fascinating, it, it does uh, simulate pinball dreams and stuff in a lot of ways. And one of the ways is you never seem to have as much power as you need, mm -hmm. which is the exact same problem I have with a lot of the pinball dreams. And the other ones is that you can't, you really can't get good wood on the ball. And uh, uh, this comes more apparent in one of the other tables, but 
this is perfectly serviceable. It was I didn't I thought this was the second weakest. That's not true. Yeah, second. It's in it's middling, middling at best. Okay, let's go with that. Now, next up, we have my favorite table. Really? Okay. Wow, I thought it's the worst one. Oh, see, I like this one because it was different. Okay, it's definitely different. So this is at balls and bats. You wouldn't think that a Norwegian outfit would come out with a baseball-themed table. Yeah, I was sure with the American flag on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not. Yeah, they got the New York Yankees uh, sign on. There's also a photo, a realistic image of Babe Ruth. It's like a baseball card up or something. There. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is a game where you are trying to knock a ball up into the upper left quadrant of the screen. And that triggers uh, sort of like a bat and ball mini game. Yeah. Uh, they have these machines. You used to see them in arcades all the time. You still can find them in places like Myrtle Beach where uh, you have a, uh, a pitching, a computerized pitching machine that essentially pitches a ball at your flipper and you have to hit it up into the play field, and yeah. it causes ba- uh, it causes your base runners to run around and score. Those are so much fun. Yeah. I, I remember playing this when I was a kid. They had a, a campgrounds and stuff. They were so awesome. They're pretty yeah. much the last surviving remnants of the electromagnetic games. That's right. Games you that see you those more find. than most. Yeah, 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 I agree with you both. And so uh, this game incorporates that into the table itself. So once you hit the ball up there, it will tell you, okay, here comes a curveball, here comes a fastball, then it'll throw the ball down at you, and you've got to bat it back up and try and hit a home run. Now, Aaron, yeah. what did you not like about this The table? music is, I like the music on this table, but it's totally wrong for this mm-hmm. table. Yeah. Totally. You need to have Take Me Out to the Ball Game or <laughs> well, something. Well, they do. Else. At the, If you get to the high score table, and it plays the most whack, whack job <laughs> version I've ever heard. And the funny thing is that the general theme for this table is goofy and we it's not bad but if you get to the entire first ber- verse you I, they start playing it on an organ which makes a lot more sense mm-hmm. I, I don't like the baseball player they've got he, he this guy's see i think he looks fine he's looking at his look at his body he's <laughs> yeah. like a human being listen he looks like david wells no he no no one looks like that <laughs> He looks like a human weasel <laughs> the color scheme for this thing's all screwed up the guy looks a pinks and crap the top again. The yeah, top. The, the color scheme on a lot of these upper tables is yeah. real weird. With all that said, I did play this one a lot because I thought the 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 weird pitching because it throws different sorts of pitches. Yeah, yeah. But I can never tell. Like sometimes your ball just drains and you lose. Yeah. And sometimes you don't. And I don't know. I never could tell what I needed the light to get that on. And it was it was it was real odd. Mm-hmm. But I mean. I didn't like this one that much, but it was the most unique of all these tables by a long shot. And it is wacky to me that there's a baseball themed game complete with they didn't give a crap. New York Yankees. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine this now? <laughs> the Yankees would come over there with a ball That's uh, right. b- b- with a ball bat, start whacking the guys. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm sure the the uh, estate of Babe Ruth would be interested in having a word or two <laughs> with them. But yeah, uh, I, I, this one's was my least favorite. Interesting. Art wise and music wise, mm-hmm. but gameplay wise. It was, and it was also super simple. I mean, there's just not much to it except for the pitching aspect. That's why I didn't like it. That's my reasoning on that one. All right. And finally, Aaron, we've got Desert Run. Yeah. Okay. So this is, this is probably my second favorite table. Yeah. Uh, I like this one because it was easy to see what to do. I really like tables. The, the, a big problem that I have with 
all of these games, illusions, dreams, whatever, is that you are aiming for things that you can't see. Yeah. You're aiming for targets that are beyond the range of the screen. And I love it when games give you lit up arrows that kind of give you an idea of what direction you're aiming for. And this game does that. This game tells you exactly what you're supposed to do. It tells you exactly what you're supposed to light. And it's also very colorful. This is based on, I guess, maybe like a rally type race. Yeah, it, uh, the Paris to Dakar race. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And um, and I just loved it. I like the ra- racing themes are always great translated to pinball machines because there, there are so many speed related yeah. things you can do with them. There's a pit section. There's a there's a uh, there's like a, a, a hairpin turn section. Uh, I love the roads on the upper play field. I thought they looked great. Yeah. I just thought that all around this was a great tape. I think this is the best one. It's busy, but it's fun. Uh, you're right about the, knowing where to pit the ball. That's really important, and a lot of these uh, pinball games don't get that. That's one thing Pinball Dreams did better than almost any game before or since. Mm-hmm. You had an idea of where the ball was going to go, and it ran slower than most of these other ones, so you could you had a better chance. This one is very clever because you have to do things in stages, before you can go to the gas station, you need money. Before you can go around the victory lap, you need to get gas. There's, there's, so there, it's it's like uh, mission-based without having to activate anything, which I like. Uh, it's beautiful. It's the best-looking table by far. This is the table with the most stuff to do by far. The sound was good. Uh, it reminds me of some other racing games that I've played. You know, There are some I've played where you have to go past certain flags and stuff. Uh, this one didn't. This one was sort of a drainer. A couple of these things are drainers, uh, and this one, if the, the ball just tends to float right down the middle on a lot of these shots, especially if you miss one, this is the one where you don't have enough power in your flippers. There's the pit stop, and the home run was like this too in the last yeah, They're difficult to hit, to hit them run. that hard. And if you play real pinball, that doesn't happen. You generally can generate enough power with the flippers to do that. It's something that always bugged me in these uh, virtual games that never made much sense to me. But this one, I mean, I liked every part. Of the, the the tune is good, uh, uh, but I will say across the board on these, because we've played some stuff like Spider Soft stuff that have been no good. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can botch pinball really easily. Okay, now are the uh, I had some odd ball movements a couple times playing these, but for the most part, I thought they had the physics down pretty well. You know, are they pinball fantasies level well? I'd say. They're close, close yeah, enough, close, close yeah. enough. They're not. I think they're they're close. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're too close, frankly, in, a, in some ways. But I think. I mean, listen, these are at home. I played this on the Amiga and the Atari, which we're also going to talk about that boat uh, while we're thinking about it. Yeah, and I do want a, a quick correction. I, yeah. In my mind, when I fired this up on the Amiga, I thought I saw that 21st Century logo. That's untrue. This was also. Uh, published by Unique Development Sweden on the Amiga as well. Yeah, yeah, okay, there you go. Um, the overall, though, they, the the Amiga version compared to the Atari version, they're very, very similar, if, if we're honest. I played both. Now, we should probably mention that on I played this in the Mister, so did you, and there was a slight lag on the Atari ST version that mm-hmm. the Amiga didn't have. Now, we both did some investigating on this, uh, and I heard some people... In, Warren's mentioned that there was a slight lag on their actual hardware, and then some people said, nah, it never lags. So, 
that could be a Mr. thing. And the thing is, pinball, as you know, is super sensitive to that. Right. You know right away if it's not up to par. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so your mileage may vary on this. If, you, if you're watching or listening to this, if you want to leave us a comment and let us know your experience with this game on actual hardware, we'd love to hear it. Yeah, yeah. So Obsession was one of the last commercial games to be released for the ST. I guess uh, the, the ST was officially discontinued in 1993. Um, but there were still more pinball titles that came after it. Pinball Mania came out in 1995, and then the ST also got Slam Tilt yeah. in 1996. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Um, when this was ported to the Amiga in 1995, it was it was compared unfavorably to the the other the other pinball games, which is, I mean, it's it's understandable because this is like I said, I'd say this game is probably 90 percent of the game. Those others are, but the the tables on the whole are just weaker. Well, I don't necessarily. I think a lot of that's Amiga bias. Yeah. To be honest with you, because I think this, if this could be stand up, I mean, table wise, these are none of these tables are crap. None no, of them. No, no. You know, and the thing is, we played other games so like we both like pinball dreams more than any of the others in the series, right? right? And there's this, some real stinkers on some of the right. other games, and, like, and and I like, and here's something else I like: they did a good job keeping the display from being irritating, mm-hmm. which is a problem we had after the series left pinball dreams. We don't, you know, that, that thing got too big. Right. I like the fact that you can change the size of this mm-hmm. one too. So yeah, listen, I uh, I think I think this is a winner. Don't let up any biased uh, crap get in your way because me and Bo have played a ton of pinball on the, on on the computers and uh, consoles. This is this is dandy. I was happy to find it, frankly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now uh, this game uh, on the uh, I was watching uh, a let's play of this, I believe, on on YouTube. And uh, the main developer, who's known as Blade on YouTube, commented. He said that uh, the Amiga version does have some bug fixes in it. Yeah. And uh, he, uh, in in recent years, he realized that he could have actually made this for a plain Jane ST. Uh, he said that 45% of the CPU time in this game was used for the music. So he could have probably cut that down a little bit and opened up some extra CPU space for the gameplay. And he said that sync scrolling could have been used instead of hardware scrolling, um, but anyway, he still he still finds it uh, nice that it that it's still around. And he says that this game is completely freeware now. He says you can download it with abandon and not feel not feel guilty at all. You know what you said about the music? It makes sense because one th- much like Pinball Dreams again, this has no uh, multi ball mm-hmm. on any table. Yeah, and so. Uh, what, when you've got that kind of overhead, you can see why they didn't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, and would multi-ball is sort of overrated. I think you'll agree with me on yeah. this. Oh, yeah. Because some games just may take it to the nth degree. It's mm-hmm. stupid. I don't mind not having multiple as long as you've got lots of good shots. Not every table in this has lots of good shots, but there are some tables that are quite good at with making fun shots. So, yeah. But, I mean, and the music, I mean, even the baseball music, which I didn't like the, for that theme, it's good music. It's just not good for baseball, right. so yeah, but I, yeah, I like the music. I like the visuals. I think this is a big winner on the ST. This is a, this is one I'd say is if you get an STE, it's a must buy. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. And this game reviewed very well in the magazines. ST Review gave it a ninety, and ST Format gave it an eighty-eight. So the the the, the reviewers liked it. We got one Discord review okay. comes from Salem OK. It says Obsession is another STE game which takes full advantage of the extra available hardware. Unfortunately, it will not run on a vanilla ST with degraded graphics or sound like Wings of Death. Technically, the game is extremely impressive and once again showing that the STE could have been a respectable 16-bit gaming machine in the early 90s. Yes. 
The introduction menu is very fancy with its 3D rotating menu, but a bit clunky to use, clearly showing the demo scene ancestry of the game on both accounts. That's exactly you what go. you said. Yeah. <laughs> I love oh, it. Well, I mean, whenever you see some rotating 3D shape, you know those guys were demo guys. Oh, man. In the game, the vertical scrolling, the colorful graphics, and the digital sounds are top shelf. The graphics seem to be very cleverly laid out, so the color palette changes as you scroll, giving you a table with more colors overall than you see on a single frame. Design-wise, the four pinball tables on offer are quite varied with plenty of ramps. The game mechanics and bonuses are state-of-the-art for a pinball game of this era as far as I can judge. The physics of the ball is excellent and realistic. I found the lack of background music a bit jarring, but it looks like a problem with the Peter Patari version of the game, as the debug version has all the background music and some sound effects that were missing on the HD version and was much more pleasant to play because of that. So I think he didn't discover the options. Yeah, him. yeah. I have had the feeling that the flippers were a bit slow to react, which is a terrible problem to have for this kind of game. However, my own incompetence at pinball games in general could be the culprit. All in all, an amazing entry in the very small STE exclusive game library. From the looks of it, the STE version is on par with the Amiga version, except for the digital sounds and music, which might even sound a bit clearer and fuller. My only issue is that being a former STF owner, a Falcon owner, I have no nostalgia for this game and my pinball... Oh no, maybe that's not what that means. I don't know what STF means. I have no nostalgia for this game and my and my pinball gaming experience went straight from madcap bumper on the ST in 1987 to balls of steel in 1997 on my Pentium 100. Oh yeah. Skipping the pinball dreams era of pinball games. So as good as Obsession is, I can't it can't compare with the ballsiness of BOS, which remains an unsurpassable masterpiece that I still regularly come back to. 7 out of 10. Would have been an easy eight, but I dropped the point because of the flippers. You know, so he had the same trouble we did with the flippers. Again, the music, there's a thing there. We, uh, he could have just not known about the menu. You know, so yeah. I, I uh, um, I, it's been so long since I played Balls of Steel. I'm not going to make a comparison there. But I mean, this is this also shows you, where's this music been? Right. Where's this been? Yeah, this Can music is Can we get some great. of this? You this know? is probably, I mean, I played the tunes on this. And I would spend time just sort of grooving, not even playing the game. I will say I hate the five ball thing, just like you do. Yeah. I just get tired. I want three balls, and I want to get right. out. Right. And the you fact know? that you can't change it, that is yeah. a big deterrent. Yeah. And, and I mean, that I don't understand. Is that a European thing? Because pinball dreams default to five balls, too. And I never understood why. Well, I think a lot of the old school machines from the 70s defaulted to five balls. Like, triple action's a five ball game. So, maybe I can understand just, that on one of those. Mm-hmm. But, man, not on the... Not on, Video pinball, because a ball could take forever right, anyway. Right, You know, so yeah, but a good game. I think Salem nailed it there with his little mini review. Uh, and it's nice to know that someone actually owned this and played on the ST, so pretty cool. Oh, uh, and Spinny informs us that STF stands for ST Floppy. No TV modulator, mod monitor only. Thank oh, you. Oh, man, I, I never would have guessed that, yeah. Good Lord. All right. Well, Aaron, it is time to bid a fond farewell to Obsession. Uh as uh, we want to thank everybody for listening, uh, we do record this show live on Twitch, uh, 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 twitch.tv slash Amigos Retro Gaming. Uh, if you want to support our show, uh, you can visit patreon.com slash Atari ST Show. Uh, and uh, if we do have a goal. You know, Patreon goals are going away, Aaron. I don't know if you've heard this. You probably no. don't because you don't work on that side of things. I haven't heard this. They're like, yeah, we're taking them away because nobody uses them. Well, like, we use it. Everyone uses it. We use it on so, ARG Presents, too. Yeah, they're going away. 
So Those idiots. We're still keeping our goal, even though it won't be there. If we get to $200 a month in Patreon support, the Atari ST show will go from a monthly show to a weekly show. And listen, there's one thing we've learned, Aaron, is that the ST has a lot of good stuff to uncover. Yeah. There's plenty of we're, games out there Now we're hitting, we're hitting our stride, That's finally. Right. And that leads us to our ST supporter roll call. We want to thank all of our patrons of this show, including Chicote, David Cavalieri, Control-Alt-Reese, Laurent Giroux, Twilight Zoner, Wonderly Chesum, Retro Jerry, and Bernard Quinn. Thank you. What are we playing next week, Aaron? Let's find out. You know it's going to be classy, whatever it is. Does it get classier than a game called Crap Man? Man, we had such a good thing going, and now we're going to play Crap Man? It doesn't fill me with delight. Hopefully the game is better than the title. Oh, that name sucks. Yeah. My God. That's no good. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you play your Atari today. Do it.